Well, good morning, church. It's so great to be able to share with you this morning. What an exciting Sunday, Thanksgiving Faith Offering Sunday. You know, today is a very special day for us as a church family. As at the end of our service this morning, we are going to give together across all our locations, including here online. We're going to come forward and give as an act of worship and to sow in faith into the future of Life Church. And just to encourage you, if you're new with us this morning, if you're just tuning in for the first time, this is very much a church family moment. And we've been building towards this for the past few weeks. We've been waiting on God and preparing our hearts for today. And so if this is your first time joining us, sit back and enjoy the service because I know it'll be a great blessing to you. Over the past few weeks, we've been talking about and singing about a heart of worship. Coming back to a heart of worship where the focus of my heart is Jesus Christ. A heart of worship that says Jesus is the sole focus of my attention. That every part of my life is surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. The truth is, is that we were all made to worship. We all worship something because we were all made to worship God. But when God is not the object of my worship, then my heart begins to drift and finds a substitute. It will find a counterfeit. And to worship something is to simply elevate something as the most important thing in my life. And so we have to come back to the heart of worship regularly, where we remind our hearts that Christ and Christ alone is the object of my worship, that he can have it all. A heart of worship that says, whatever Jesus requires of me, I will lay it down for his cause. The reality is we need this reminder daily, don't we? I need this reminder daily. I need regular moments where I lay my life down at the foot of the cross again. And that's what these M3 seasons do. They are a chance for us to again lay our lives down for the sake of Christ. To lay down the desire for self to be the most important thing and focus again on keeping Christ central. To say, I'm willing to lay down my preferences and my plans in order to see God's kingdom grow. Where I choose to live missionally and with a heart of mercy. Where I lay my life down on the altar again. And it's in that place that I am again reminded of God's incredible mercy to me. Are you thankful again for God's mercy that has been poured out for you? His mercies which are new every morning. It's the revelation of this mercy that stirs a response within us. When we understand the mercy that we have received, that leads us to a heart of worship. Listen to how Paul the Apostle puts it in Romans 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. 
holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies. Or other translations say yourselves. Offer yourselves. What it means is your whole life. It's all encompassing every part of you. A living sacrifice is what we offer to God as a response of the mercy that we have received. Now, a living sacrifice is obviously a contrast to a dead sacrifice. Under the Old Testament law, a sacrifice was presented every year on the Day of Atonement, where an animal was killed and its blood was poured on the altar to cover the sins of the people, and they would receive mercy. The animal received the punishment, so the people didn't have to. So a prerequisite to receiving mercy was to offer a sacrifice. Jesus was our sacrifice, where his blood was shed, and he died, and his death covered our sins once and for all. As Romans 5 verse 8 says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, so that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life, as John 3 16 says. That is the mercy that we have received, that Christ died in our place, that he paid my debt, that while I was still a sinner, while I was dead in my sin, I was hopeless with no way home, he paid the price that I could not pay. So that when I simply place my trust in him, my faith in him, I could be forgiven and receive God's mercy. No sacrifice that I could ever make could ever be enough. I could never earn God's mercy. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I have fallen short of the glory of God and I am in need of a saviour. But praise God for the following verse, verse 24, because all are justified. Justified means made to be just as if you had never sinned. We are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. This is the mission that we are on, to see people come to an understanding of that truth. That is the mercy that we have received, and we can receive it freely by faith. It's not about what you could do or achieve. It's not about how good you could be or even how good you could try to be. Salvation is a free gift from God that we receive by faith because of the work of the cross. In view of God's mercy, in view of that mercy, offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Before a sacrifice was required to receive mercy, now a sacrifice can be given as a response to mercy. This is your true and proper worship. It's a living sacrifice. I die to my old ways and now I live for his cause. I prioritize the mission of God, not Jono's plans. And I show mercy where I can 
Because how can I not when I have received so much mercy and grace? And while I am still living, while I am alive and breathing on this earth, I will use my life to see the gospel advance. I will use my life to see God's plans and his purposes outworked on this earth. I will use my life to see people's lives transformed by the truth of the gospel. It is a living sacrifice. This is my true and proper worship. This is my heart of worship. That is the M3 pattern. Mission, mercy, momentum. It's a heart response that comes from thanksgiving and faith. That's why we call it a thanksgiving faith offering. My heart is responding in thanksgiving and in faith. Thanksgiving being when I look back and I give thanks for all that God has done. And we have a lot to give thanks for, amen? And faith being when I look forward in expectation for all that God will continue to do. And I know for me, I find that faith is often the only thing I have to go on most of the time. Really, when it comes down to it, I don't have much else other than faith. I I don't know what the future is going to hold. I don't know what tomorrow will bring. I can't save anyone myself. I can't control the outcomes of very much at all. But I can hold on to faith knowing that God will go with me. That in all things and in all circumstances and in all trials and in all events, no matter what I face, that he is with me and he is for me and he is working out his plans and his purposes through my life. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And later in verse 6, it says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is what God is looking for in his people. Why? Because faith is the outworking of a heart of worship. When I cultivate a heart of worship, faith is what is produced. When I trust God, even when I don't have all the answers, it is worship because I am saying to God that despite my limited knowledge and understanding, I will uphold that he is good and that he is sovereign and that he is in control. When I step out to share the gospel with someone, it is worship worship because I am saying to God that I have faith in the power of the gospel. I have faith that the Holy Spirit is working in that person's life, even when I might not see it. When I choose daily to keep Christ at the center, it is worship because I am saying to God that he is my priority, that he is above all other things in my life. When I stretch out financially, it is worship because I am saying to God that I am trusting in his promise to provide for my every need. Faith is the confidence in what we hope for. It is the confidence that God is who he says he is and will continue to act in accordance with his character. If I don't believe that God is who he says he is, If I don't believe that he is good and 
loving and just and merciful and generous and gracious, then God won't be the focus of my attention. He won't be the meditation of my heart. I won't live with a heart of worship, so I won't have any faith. But when I receive the revelation of God's love for me, when I understand the mercy and the grace that has been poured out on my life, when I can see the lengths that God went to to redeem me and who I might have ended up as if he had not stepped in, now there is a thanksgiving that rises in my heart. There is a faith that is produced, a heart of worship that says, Jesus, you can have it all. Jesus, you can have every part of my life. That produces faith. And faith leads me to obedience. Obedience to his mission. Because I realized that it was only because of someone else's faith that I am here today. It is only because of the faith of someone who had the courage to live missionally and share the gospel with my parents who then passed it on to me. And we've talked about before that on the other side of our obedience lies someone else's salvation. You don't know the full impact of your life lived for God might have. We won't know this side of eternity the impact that our lives will have, but that's why it's faith, because even when I can't see it, as Hebrews 11 says, even when I can't see it, I know that the, I know the impact that someone's faith has had on me, and maybe, just maybe, by my faith and my obedience, I could have the same impact on someone else. And obedience to showing mercy. Because how could I not show mercy when I understand how much mercy I have received? Even when that person doesn't necessarily deserve mercy. None of us deserves the mercy that we have received from God. None of us deserves to be saved. None of us deserved the mercy that was poured out on the cross, but thank you, Lord, that we can receive it. And how could I stand face to face with my Savior one day, knowing I withheld mercy when it was in my power to receive it, to give it? This is why God's ways seem foolish to those who haven't accepted him yet. Because faith is a response of our hearts, not of our minds. People don't understand why we do what we do. It's because faith is leading me to obedience, even when it doesn't make sense. And I always want to be someone who chooses obedience to God's voice over anything else. In all of his M3 sermons so far, Carl has included quotes from William Booth. So I figured it would be remiss of me to not include one this morning. And so here's this one from the founder of the Salvation Army. Faith and works should travel side by side. Step answering to step like the legs of men walking. First faith and then works, and then faith again, and then works again, until they can scarcely distinguish which is the one and which is the other. 
Isn't that an incredible picture of mission, mercy, and momentum? It's faith and works. It's mission and mercy. They go hand in hand. It is both step by step. As we live missionally, as we desire to see the gospel advance and reach people, and we utilize mercy to be Jesus' hands and feet to the people around us, praying that our acts of mercy will be door openers to conversations about Christ. And that great picture that as we continue to do this, as we live by this, we can scarcely distinguish one from the other. As we continue to live in this pattern, they become so intertwined that it's like the legs of men walking one foot in front of the other as we continue forward in momentum. What a great pattern. It's faith and it's works and it's faith and it's works and it's mercy and it's mission and it's mercy and it's mission as we walk forward in momentum. And what is momentum? Is momentum more lights? Is momentum bigger screens? Is momentum more buildings, more programs, more services, a new foyer? No, those are just tools. They might be a byproduct, but they are not the heart of it. Momentum is one man coming to earth and raising up 12 disciples. And then those 12 reaching 3,000 others on the day of Pentecost. And then those 3,000 reaching even more. And then those reaching even more. And then those people reaching even more and even more and living missionally and showing mercy until before you know it, there are churches scattered everywhere from Jerusalem to Rome. And those churches continue to grow and they thrive and they expand and they reach people and they show mercy and they say miracles happen and they baptize people and they say people filled with the Holy Spirit and this continues and it grows until 2,000 years later in a country on the other side of the world in a city called Christchurch. There is a group of people called Life Church who continue to preach the same gospel of Christ and Christ crucified. No program achieves that. No system achieves that. What achieves that is a legacy of people, of faithful people living with a heart of worship, continuing to walk in mission and in mercy and in mission and in mercy. Momentum is one foot in front of the other, step by step. And it isn't always easy and it isn't always pleasant and sometimes it's frustrating and sometimes it doesn't make sense, but I keep putting one foot in front of the other. And then sometimes it's painful, and sometimes it's dark, and sometimes it's uncertain, and sometimes the way forward isn't clear, but I keep putting one foot in front of the other because I walk by faith and not by sight. Just as Abraham walked with Isaac, where God had asked him to sacrifice his son. Abraham put one foot in front of the other, trusting in faith that God would provide. Just as the Israelites marched around Jericho, trusting that God would fight their battle, in faith they put one foot in front of the other. Just as David went out to fight Goliath, knowing he was outmatched in every way except for his faith, he put one foot in front of the other. Just as Jesus carried his cross to the place where he would be crucified, knowing the suffering and the pain that he was about to endure. For you and for me, he put one foot in front of the other. It's a heart of worship. It's a heart of worship. 
And I know for some of you this morning, as we come to give, this will be a faith stretch moment for you. But in obedience, one foot in front of the other. And with one foot in front of the other, I'm coming back to the feet of Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship where it's all about Him. As the song we've been singing says, though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours. Every single breath. And I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, this morning we again say that you can have it all. We thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice on the cross. And because of the price you paid, because of the mercy that was poured out, we again offer ourselves afresh. And we're sorry, Lord, I'm sorry, Lord, for the times when things have crept in to take your rightful place in our hearts. But thank you for the grace that keeps us in our weakness. And we know that where we are weak, there you are strong. And I thank you, Lord, for the peace that surpasses all understanding. Help us to come back to a heart of worship. Help us to put you first. Help us to live out mission and mercy to continue to put one foot in front of the other each day as a living sacrifice to you. Lord, this morning we worship you. We honour you. We exalt you. We glorify you. We love you, Lord. And we praise you again this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.